Good morning. Welcome to Embrace. My name is Jeff. Are y'all ready? Are y'all ready to worship the Lord? Let me hear you say amen. Amen. All right. I like that. Now I'm getting ready to turn it over to Pastor Tanya and our worship team. Give us the love. Thank you, Jeff. I want to be greeted like that like every single morning. Thank you so much for that. Uh, my name is Tanya, and I am one of the associate pastors here. And if this is your first time, a very big welcome to you. You will be welcomed in just a few moments by other people. If that makes you nervous, I'm sorry. We just love a lot here. Uh, so I just have a couple of announcements. There is a Connect card. looks like this. It should be in the pew in front of you. And you can do a lot with this card. You can ask for prayer, and we have a dedicated team of prayer people who keep your prayers confidential, and they pray for you every single week. So you can write a prayer request. If you want to meet with a pastor, we'd be glad to meet with you, answer any questions that you might have. Uh, but we also just want to get to know you. So if you are new, if you wouldn't mind filling one of these out so that we can contact you. There are uh, giving boxes. There's one back there. My son is walking right in front of one. Uh, and then there's one over here. You can place those inside those giving boxes, or you can also place your tithes and offering in there. There is also a stream of this service happening in the cafe behind us. And I always like to say that I tell people in my family, my whole family is neurodivergent. Sometimes it gets a little loud. So sometimes they want to go in there and just listen. Uh, so it's a great place to still be involved in the service and still be in the building, but it's back there for you. Um, also, there are a lot of announcements happening right now. We do a lot of cool stuff around here. So there should have been an announcement sheet if you came in that door or that door. And we'll talk a little bit more about some announcements that are coming up after we begin to worship. Um, but check it out. We have so much going on. Lots of stuff for Christmas. Lots of stuff just in general. So check out our announcements. Um, I'm going to hand it over to our amazing worship team. They love us so well with their worship. Thank you for leading us into the throne room of grace this morning. Good morning, Embrace. If you would, uh, stand with us as you're able and join us in this call to worship. O oh Lord, let my soul rise up to meet you. As the day rises to meet the sun. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever.
Amen. The response from the angels to being in the presence of God, that's all they could say. Holy, holy, holy. So we honor and worship him this morning. If you will join me in confession. We know that nothing is able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. Let us in freedom confess the wrong we have done. So uh, now is one of my favorite times. Uh, some people, again, get a little bit of nervous, but I love when we get to greet one another and share what we are grateful for and what we are lamenting. Oftentimes in church, people are asked just to put on a brave face and pretend everything's okay, and we know that we are also lamenting while also celebrating. So find someone near you to share what your joys are, what are you joyful for, what are the things that you are lamenting. Uh, those of you who are online joining us, I'm going to be on the comments in just a moment to find out what you are joyful about and what you are lamenting. So take some time, get to know somebody, introduce yourself, that might be a good start.
Y'all take a minute, wrap up your conversations, and we'll head back into worship.
the worship team again for always just leading us into that space. Um, we're going to dismiss the kids in just a couple of moments, but there's a, just a few announcements that we want to make that are some special announcements. 
Today we were going to announce that Common Good, one of the ministries that we support um, here, um, needed some people to help out with Christmas gifts, but a few minutes ago, it all got filled, which is like praiseworthy. Y'all should be clapping for that, which is amazing. So if you don't know, we support a lot of ministries. We even have one of our missionaries from Honduras who is watching us right now. Good morning. So we support uh, missions in all kinds of ways. Uh, we support Common Good, who meets here in this building downstairs, a wonderful after-school program um, that follows kids all the way through uh, adulthood. And then we also um, serve step-by-step -step where I work, where we uh, work with young single moms ages 12 to 24. And Common Good has been just a force in this neighborhood and we're so excited to announce that that has happened. But they still need people to help wrap those gifts. So parents will get to come and shop. And as they shop, then um, they'll bring everything over to a table where people can help them uh, wrap those gifts. So they're needing some people from 9 to 3 on Saturday, December 2nd. So you can sign up for a shift. You will reach out to Brenda Venegas. And her phone number is 859 279 2213. I'll say that again, 859-279-2213, or you can see me afterwards, and I'll make sure that you have that information. And then the second announcement is that we have a lot of beautiful art around here, and we know that we can express our faith in a lot of different ways, and art is one of the ways that we do that around here. So there is a call for some art called Illuminating the Darkness. So I'll just read this little thing here. It says, Embrace is accepting exhibit entries for wall-hung visual arts uh, related to the theme Illuminating the Darkness. And so you will give those to Emily Posey. Emily, will you raise your hand? There's Emily. So if you have questions about it, see our artist in residence, Emily, there. Um, but we really want those submissions to be reviewed before they're displayed. And so we want to display them on Let's see, the 19th. So you can bring your artwork by the, by the church today or talk to Emily. So those are the two last announcements before we send the kids off to learn. So if your kids are um, four or up, they can come up, go upstairs. And so everybody who's a kid and all the people that are going with them, come on over this this area. Um, so they're going to go up to the Wonder Room and learn. And I think we should give them a hand. But also clap really hard for the volunteers that are going to be up there with them. Uh, I love y'all because y'all taking my kids, so bless you. Bless you for taking my kids up there. So if your kids are new, we ask that you do go up with them so that they can get registered and get them everything filled out, but then you can come back downstairs after that. So once again, let's give the kids and the volunteers a hand as you head up to the Wonder Room. There's a lot of them. And we're about to enter into a time of prayer. We believe in prayer. We've heard, we've mentioned it many, many times here this morning, but we believe in the power of prayer. And we wanna also give space during the service just to pray. And we're going to, you might, if you're online, you'll hear some silence as we just let the Holy Spirit lead us where we're praying this morning. But we wanna give some space to the Lord. Some of you have not taken a breath all week. And this is the space that you're doing it. So I'm going to begin to lead us, so you'll hear me interrupt that moment every once in a while. You might see some people come up to the altar to kneel, and you're welcome to do that as well. Um, but we're going to spend some time in prayer this morning, and I'll get us started. Lord, we thank you for meeting us in this place today. Whether we're here in person or online, we know that you are meeting with us and that you long to commune with us. And we know that it's loud out there. The world is really loud. And Lord, we give you this space and this time to change us from the inside out. We thank you that you are a God who sees and that you are present with us. Lord, we're entering into a time where many around our country think about Thanksgiving and thinking about the things that we're thankful for. But for some people, there's a lot of anxiety around this time. 
a lot of um, fear of even seeing family or fear of not having family, feeling left out. God, there are some in our midst who are tired of showing up by themselves, single in places, and they really need a touch from you. So I pray, Lord, against the anxiety. You say be anxious for nothing, but through prayer and supplication to make our requests known to you. And so, Lord, we bow down to you this morning, the one who can ease our anxiety, who knows exactly what we're feeling and exactly where we are and can bring comfort and peace that the world cannot bring. Lord, the world is groaning. The loudness has so much to do with the ways that we have been in this world. There are wars and rumors of wars. The earth is groaning just in general from the way we've treated the earth. But Lord, you said to the Israelites, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. Lord, it is not just America that needs healing. We pray for your healing all over the world for those who are suffering, things that we can't even imagine. We pray that you are with them in the midst and that the miraculous is happening when we can't even see it. Lord, there is a particular prayer that keeps coming again and again and again for surrender. It is not the way of this world. It is countercultural to surrender to you, to lay it down before you, to repent and walk away from the things that you have called us far from and to rest in your arms. For those who are struggling to surrender, who don't even know what that might look like, Lord, I pray that you would show them mightily in your gentleness and in your kindness. That surrender isn't giving something up. That surrender is leaning into you for the more that is to come. Lord, in this last prayer that we pray together, before we pray the prayer that is an ancient prayer that we get to pray, I pray for us to return to the joy of our salvation. Somebody needs that today. The joy, God, that you promise. The joy that is unspeakable, that we feel it from just the wells and the depths within us, that we can be content, as Paul said, in all things, that joy that sustains. We ask for that right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And then we pray this prayer together that we have prayed. It will show up on the screen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, 
thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this daily bread, our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, good morning. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Rick Reams, and I am not the pastor here. Uh, John Gallagher is the pastor, and he's out of town today, and he asked me if I would uh, fill in and preach for him this morning, and uh, I am excited uh, to be doing that uh, this morning. So my wife Stephanie and I uh, became members here in 2021, and uh, we love this place, and I was talking to a couple of my friends in the back this morning, and we were talking about how uh, and we've talked about this, how so many people have said, you know, all, you all are welcome at a church, but they don't really mean it. But I think Embrace is a church where all truly are welcome. And I love that. Thank you. So today we're going to continue in Matthew 25. John preached there last week. There's three parables in this uh, scripture. Uh, he talked on the ten virgins last week, and I'm going to be preaching on the second parable this morning. And John's going to pe- preach on the third parable next week. I've entitled this sermon, Happy Thanksgiving, with an exclamation point and a question mark. And you're going to understand why here in just a little bit. And the reason is because we're following the Revised Common Lectionary. And whoever scheduled the Revised Common Lectionary Scripture apparently did not know that this was the Sunday before Thanksgiving because this really doesn't have a whole lot to do with Thanksgiving yet. But I want to tell you, you know, when I sent the scripture reference out to Lisa who led worship this morning, and here was her replies back back to me. Geez, I got to tell you, this scripture isn't an easy one. That's how you know we may have a tough scripture to look at. So last week, I was in a church where for the first three minutes, the pastor told us to close our eyes, and we closed our eyes. And for three minutes, he read scriptures on hell and damnation and judgment, and my stomach flipped because I did not know where this message was going to go. Some of you all are shaking your heads because you've been in a church service like that before. Well, thankfully, I will tell you that the, the, the message was a little more positive in the beginning, but it still made my stomach flip. And I want to tell you, when I read the scripture this morning, some of your stomachs may well flip, because some of the stuff in here is not always easy. Some of you all may be worried about what I'm going to say, but what I will tell you is that through my reading of this scripture, God has shown me that this is actually a Thanksgiving message. So the Revised Common Lectionary people actually knew what they were doing when they put this in. After all that, you're wondering, what in the world is he going to read? And here we go. The parable of the bags of gold. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another he gave two bags, and to another one bag each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five more bags. So also the man who had received two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, You entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, You entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. 
Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I know that you are a hard man harvesting where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you know that I had harvested where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags for whoever does not have even what they will have will be taken from them and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Well, happy Thanksgiving. Aren't you glad you came to church this morning to hear this uplifting scripture? But seriously, I want to point out a couple things that I see about all three of these servants, all three of the characters in this story. You see, they were all given an opportunity. They were all given something. Now, the one thing we don't know is it says they were all giving something according to their ability. We don't know what that was based on. But to one he gave five, to the other he gave two, and to the other he gave one. And you see, the thing that I want us to see is with that opportunity, they all were allowed to do something with it. They could do whatever they want. The master didn't tell them, you need to do this, this, and this. No, he gave them the gold, and he went on his way. But the question was, what would they each do with that opportunity? The second thing I want us to see is they were all given the same amount of time. The master left. They had no idea how long the master was going to be gone. Did you hear the first one? said immediately he went and started working with his gold. The second one, the same. The third one immediately acted, but he reacted in a different way. You see, what I want us to see is none of the three could have said, well, I didn't have as much time as they had. We live in a society that likes to blame other people for some of the things that we do. But in this case, they all had the same time. The third thing is they all knew their master. He was familiar to them. Now, I find it interesting that the first two servants said nothing of their master's character. But the third servant talked about what he thought of his master. I'm going to give the third servant credit in the fact that he was honest with who he knew his master to be. But then the last thing we need to look at is that they were all judged in the same manner. Notice the second servant who had two bags of gold got the same response and reward as the first one that had five bags of gold. The same praise was heaped upon them. All three of them were judged on their actions, not on the success of the other two. But you see, this is where the story turns to us this morning. Because see, we too are like those servants. When Jesus ascended into heaven, he told us he would come back. And I know that the disciples at the time probably figured he would come back in their lifetime. And he's still not back. 2,000 years later. So, this scripture tells us that we are all given opportunities. We are all given opportunities. Now, the one thing that we don't know is what the abilities were there. And we don't know why Jesus gives some people opportunities and some people he gives different opportunities. But I think Jesus loves us enough that he wants to give us opportunities that we are equipped for. He does not want to give us opportunities that are going to lead us to failure. And in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 and 11, it talks about this. It says, there are different kind of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. 
Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for common good. To one, there is given through a spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. Excuse me. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous power. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So, the Spirit will give us opportunities. And the last words, and Julie said this, preach, as he determines. We will be given opportunities. You see, we're all going to live for a different amount of time. We don't know what our time is. But throughout our lives, we will be given opportunities. Opportunities. And it says, until Jesus returns. You see, what I want us to see is that we also know our Master. Those of us that know Jesus as our Savior and our Lord, we know His character and His love for us. Think about it, friends. For those of you that have children, are you going to make your children do something that you know that they're not equipped to do? Are you going to force your children to do something that you know they're going to fail at? No. So don't you know that our loving Father gives us the opportunities that he wants us to do for him? Because he loves us. Now there may be some sitting in this room right now that don't know this Jesus that I'm speaking of. And let me tell you, that's okay. You're in the right spot. Because we would love to talk to you about this Jesus that loves you more than anything you've ever done in your life. And he will give you the opportunities if you're only open to him. Now all that has been kind of fun and easy up to this point. And now we get to the last part of this scripture. And I want to tell you, I'm 60 years old and a with my, with my granddaughter, I'm 60 and a half years old. And honestly, until the last two or three years, I would have just ended my message there. You see, I didn't want to offend anyone, and I didn't want to step on anyone's toes, and I actually didn't want to have to kind of deal with my own self with difficult scriptures. You see, we're talking about the judgment part, and this is all of a sudden where some of your stomachs are starting to flip because you don't know what I'm going to say. But you see, I want to tell you something. The opportunities that Jesus gives us, there are consequences to our inaction. By choosing not to act, we choose to face the consequences. Did you hear what the last servant said? I knew who you were, so I buried my gold in the ground because I didn't want to take a chance. You see, I want to share a little secret with you all. In my life, I've failed more than I've succeeded. I learn from my failures more than I'll ever learn from my successes. And what I want you to hear this morning is that hopefully we can all learn from my mistakes. And you can learn from your mistakes You see, the one thing I love about Jesus is when I don't act on my opportunities, he doesn't cast me out. He doesn't throw me away. The Jesus I know and I serve gives me other opportunities. And that's what I love about that. But here's what I want you to hear. When I fail to act on the opportunities given to me, others may face the consequences. This, again, is where your stomachs may flip. But let me tell you a story. Many years ago, I was going to a grocery store out on Richmond Road. If you all remember the Walmart that used to be on Richmond Road, there was a grocery store out there. And it was kind of a day like this. It was a fall day, but it was really cold and windy and sunny. And I drove up. You know how when you park, sometimes you get out of the car and something just catches your eye. 
And I looked over. There was a young woman standing over there with shorts, short sleeve shirt on, no shoes, and no socks. And this young lady was literally shivering. So I got out of my car and I froze. I didn't know what I was going to do. I knew the opportunity I had been given. So I walked into the store. It was warm in the store. I started shopping. About halfway through the store, I felt the tug on my heart again. And I said, Jesus, if she's there when I get back outside, I'm going to help that lady. And friends, I want to be honest with you, I started praying that she wouldn't be there. And when I say praying, I was praying. It's like, Lord, don't let her be there. Let someone else have taken care of this woman. So I got my stuff, and I walked out of my cart. Thanks be to God, I didn't see her. She wasn't there. So I walked to my car, and I thought, okay, someone else has done the job. It wasn't my time. So I closed the the hood to my trunk, and I walked over to put my cart back. And she caught my eye. Three cars down, standing, still shivering. So I froze again. What would I do? I put my car back. Friends, I walked back to my car. I got in my car. Turned the car on, I turned the heat on, and I drove away. I drove away. I got halfway home, and these words that John's going to preach on next week, and Dan, you and I talked about this, came to my mind. When did I see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? Jesus will reply. Whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Friends, I pulled over, and I broke down. I broke down and cried on the side of the road. I do what I always do when I mess up. I called my wife. And I said, Stephanie, you're never going to believe what I just did. And she listened to me, and she loved me, but I messed up. You see, friends, my inaction had consequences for this child of Jesus that he put in front of me. He wasn't asking anyone else to do anything for her. Now, you know, it says in in Scripture that there are angels amongst us. And even if she wasn't sent as an angel, she was an angel standing there in front of me. Friends, I begged for forgiveness. And I made a promise to, to Jesus at that moment that I would never, ever knowingly fail him again. Well, I'm 60 years old. And I know well enough that I have failed again. But Jesus keeps giving me opportunities. And you know, the one thing that I know is I will see my sister again in heaven. And I will be able to talk to her. And the thing I love about that is she probably had no idea that I was even there. But I know that I was there. See, friends, hear me out. This is the thanksgiving part of this message. We are all given opportunities. We are all given opportunities. Tanya talked about this. We had common good. They needed one more person to support a child. And that person stepped forward. What better time of the year to have opportunities than this time of the year? There are always things needed for Thanksgiving feasts, for Christmas is coming up. But friends, don't fall into that trap that November and December is my time for opportunities. Jesus will give you opportunities throughout your lifetime. 
The prayer is, open my eyes to see them. You see, let me ask you a question. Are you willing to act on the opportunities that Jesus puts in front of you today? Are you willing to act on them? Now, I'm going to be honest with you. The easy answer is yes, of course I am. The hard part is acting on them. Now, you can't do everything for everyone, and I understand that. But what we need to remember is that we can do something for the one that Jesus puts in front of us. It may not be a person, it may be a thing that needs to be done. It may not be something huge, it may be that trash needs to be picked up. But you see, Jesus gives you opportunities. I love to tell the story about my youngest son, Jennings, when he was about four years old. We gave him the opportunity to pray at dinner. And after about a seven-minute prayer, I understood how Jennings sees the world through opportunities. Because he said, Jesus, thank you for the blue skies. Thank you for the sun. And then I did what you're not supposed to do. I peeked and opened my eyes and looked. And he started looking at the table, and he picked up every item on the table, and he thanked Jesus for them. You see, he had the opportunity to look at the world in a way that I didn't. Have you ever thanked God for a fork? We thanked God for a fork that night. But you know what? He saw opportunities that I didn't see. He saw things to thank God for, to praise God for, that I never even thought of. You see, God gives us opportunities through our hardships to help others through. That's what I've noticed. That's what I've seen. When a friend can come beside me and say, Rick, I've been exactly where you are. Let's walk through this together. Or friends that come to me and say, I have no idea what you're going through, but I'm here. That's the opportunity. So, friends, today is the day to learn from my mistake. Inaction has consequences. Use the opportunity that Christ puts in front of you. And may we truly celebrate those opportunities in the seconds and the days and the months and the years to come until we have the opportunity to stand in front of our Savior and hear the words, well done good and faithful servant. Well done indeed. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We're going to come to a time of communion now. And when you think about communion, it's an opportunity. Now, I've told you this before when I preach up here, that I have come from a background where we did communion once a quarter. And so when we would do it every week at Embrace, I honestly, and I've said this before, thought, well, that's a little overkill. But what I've realized is the opportunity to come to Christ's table every week starts my week off where it needs to be. And that's the presence of Jesus. So if you're here this morning... The table is open to all. And when I say all, I mean everyone. There's no preconceived ideas. There's nothing you can say, but you don't know me. My friend, Jesus knows you. He loves you. You are welcome at his table. Will you pray with me? Father God, we thank you and praise you that you allow us to have opportunities to do your work. Lord, it'd be very easy for you just to do everything. But no, you love us. And you want us to have the opportunity to serve you. And through serving you, serving others. And Lord, help us to know that our inaction has consequences. We love you and we praise you. 
it's your holy name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. If I could have those that are coming up to help communion this morning. So here at Embrace, what we do is we'll have people on each side. They will have the bread and the cup. They will take the bread, dip it into the cup, and they will hand it to you. So I would ask as you come forward, if you would just have your hands out to receive that. And then we have Kleenexes on either side of the aisle. I'm going to be up front here available for prayer. Tanya, do you mind being in the back? If you need to pray, you can go back there. If you just need to come to the altar, we will not bother you. You come and get me if you need me. You come and get Tanya if you need her. But if not, the altar's open and the table is open. Let me get the elements and we'll call you forward. Your labor is not 
with you for I am with you and I am with you and I am with you I am with you for I have called you called you by name your labor is not in vain let's stand together and sing that one more time for I am with you, and I am with you, and I am with you, and I am with you, for I have called you, called you by name, your labor is not in vain. For I have called you and called you by name. Your labor is not in vain. Thank you all for being here this morning. We appreciate each and every one of you. Thanks again for being here this morning. I do, in all honesty, want to wish you all a happy Thanksgiving. We thank you for being here every week. We close with this benediction. Go in peace, knowing that opportunity awaits. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Have a blessed day. We'll see you next time.